For reasons I'm still not sure of, I became absolutely enthralled with Alex Haley's movie series, Roots. I've watched the six hours about the slave Kunta Kinte many times over in the last 30 years. I could tell what the next line was when Chicken George asked to be set free by his father, or what Fiddler said when he held Toby's beaten body in his arms. The teenage black man was taken captive in Africa and survived the ordeal of a slave ship, and he never lost his thirst for freedom, even when they chopped off all the toes on one foot because he was a runner. The first time he ran was because of his refusal to accept his slave master's new name, so he was terribly beaten. As he lay barely conscious in his friend's arms, Fiddler, another slave, said, there's going to be another day. No matter what we have encountered to harm us in this life, one thing is sure. The last word on the subject has not yet been spoken. There is nothing like the discovery of what today's life journey story reveals. If you can hear the revelation within, you will not be able to keep the power of heaven away from your life. All his life, Toby kept his dream of freedom alive, and he passed it down to his children. It was his grandson, called Chicken George, who finally earned his freedom and came back years later to bring them all to their own land of liberty. What Toby's old friend said has always stuck with me. There's going to be another day. In the last few weeks, I've been privileged. There's that word privilege. But I've been privileged to have a growing glimpse of the life that awaits those who follow Christ. Last week, I was given a glimpse of the life of Horatio Spafford's hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. He learned through the school of sorrows in a way that taught him to say, Whatever my lot, he has taught me to say, It is well with my soul. He had lost his four-year-old child, and then soon after, he lost all of his riches in the Chicago fire. It was not long after that, that he had sent his wife and remaining children on ahead to England on a ship. He would follow shortly, but received a simple telegram from his wife after their ship sunk in the North Atlantic. It simply said, Saved. Alone. His four daughters had perished at sea. But such was the power and sovereign grace of God that as he later passed the place of their death that he would write, It is well with my soul. How can a human being bear the grief of losing both wealth and family and yet say, It's well with me. So many have been dealt far less tragedy, yet turned their backs on God and slid into hell at their death because of their bitter hearts. Both the Apostle Paul's words in Colossians and Mr. Spafford's word in his hymn provide the answer. The foundation lies in the longing of men like Kunta Kinte, or in the many today who are fighting for freedom. The Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. That is the root of sin. Men today can't see clearly when it comes to their identity in America and consequently will never be able to think their way out of the division in our country. Paul said in Romans that because men lost sight of the glory of God and refused to glorify Him as God, their foolish minds were darkened. But I'm going down a rabbit hole here a little bit. One day I realized that when God said we've all fallen short of the glory of God, 
it meant very clearly that we were created to have, to be clothed with, and to be identified as those glorified with the same glory and majesty that Jesus has. He said, in fact, that he has given us his glory. So Paul would say in Colossians, to seek our life that is above, that is hidden with God in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, we shall appear with him in glory. Over and over, Paul would tell his churches that you are dead, yet you are risen with Christ. Then he would write that all that he suffered here on earth was simply part of the bearing in his body the dying of Christ, that the life of Christ be seen in others. He would talk about the fact that he was suffering so that the people he cared for as an apostle would be enriched. Here is the hidden element. Here is the secret. Kept from so many by their sense of proud entitlement and privilege, if you will. Suffering in this life is intended to be used by God for the good and not to destroy us. In their sorrows, all of these men spoken of here long for the liberty that really is for the children of God. We long for it. Our bodies and this very earth groan for it. The deep root of it is the glory of God as the very defining reality of who we all were created to be a part of. Now watch this. Horatio Spafford penned that it was well with his soul in the face of tragedy and death for all of his children. But how? His first verse in the hymn provides a key. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. You see, when we go through great tragedy, one of the first things we do is say, what did I do wrong? Where was the sin? Mr. Spafford found out that it's not about the sin that we have committed or others have committed. It is all about receiving the relentless grace of God that has forgiven us of all of our sins. I want you to see the source of such hope and peace of heart. The writer knew that it was his own sin that was keeping him from the power to overcome anything that this life would ever throw at him. And since Christ has regarded the helpless estate of a soul in sin, he has removed every single stain that could ever rob us from the glory, the glory that defines who we truly are. Armed with the hope of the glorious liberty from crippling grief that sin's defeat is granted, he could say, I have learned how to find the place of peace in this great heaviness of my heart. Let me say it plainly one more time. Our own sin is the very thing that keeps us from the power to overcome anything that this life can ever throw at us. Paul would say that we have the hope of glory. It is the hope of being all, yet far, far more than we have 
ever hope to be and ever hope to have. And the thing that makes it an absolutely sure thing in our lives is not our religious resume, our track record, or our own moral value. Christ in us is our hope. So he teaches us something else that is of far more value than the mere faith we see in so many today. It is not the faith to gain something of any material, earthly value here. It is the utter power and the sheer unlimited force of faith that when Christ appears, we will appear with him in his glory. And listen, that faith is what compelled him to call men to live pure. They are about to be glorified with Christ before all the world and even before every demon, every opposing power, and every trial that has ever stood against them and knocked them down. The suffering in this world is what I have agreed with Paul about. Every weakness, every affliction, and every attack, by faith, is made to me a gateway to embrace the trial and glorify God in it. And let me tell you, when you learn to do that, the life that is hidden with God in Christ begins to emerge you begin to experience a flow of heaven. As the earthly is put on the cross and dies, the spirit man begins to soar. The life that is eternal begins to bubble up. And that is the liberty of the human soul called by God. It is like John hearing the voice from heaven. John, come up here and I will show what is to come. If the devil ever knew what you were about to do with this word, he would have never tried to beat you down. Jesus meant what he said when it was recorded. Your sorrow will be turned into joy. This is the secret of the cross, Paul said to those who were perishing, but thought it was foolishness. But this dying to the outward man is the wisdom and the power of God in the gospel. By it a man is no longer captive to his sorrows, afflictions, fears, and anger. He is not compelled to demand the justice that he could never begin to pay the price for anyway. To any American demanding anything, I would say, you could never pay the price for the injustice that you have committed against the glory of God and the love of your neighbor. It is a far greater injustice than what has been committed against you. Any person who would find power over this life's heartaches need but to let Christ deliver him from his sin. Such a one will find the power of heaven itself to overcome all that would harm. Jesus would tell his disciples one day, I have given you power over serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Today, we'll just leave you with this simple word. There is going to be another day. Thanks for listening.